Hi, you're listening to Driven E-Commerce at Work, the podcast where we bring in conversations with the e-commerce experts. We also put together some interesting content from different places, including our monthly e-sessions, speaker series, and anything that's related to e-commerce for manufacturing and distribution. If you're here for the first time, I would highly encourage you to go and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Driven E-Commerce at Work. I'm your host, Shiva Kumar. Today, we've got an interesting guest in the conversational commerce space. It's Stephen Call, founder of Needle Moment, a digital strategy company that helps the e-commerce brands nail their marketing. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm great, Shiva. Um, it's great to be here. Cool. So how's your uh, morning so far? Um, how's uh, the situation and how have you been going through all these uh, six to eight month phase? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. I think, um, well, you know, with, um, with the pandemic, um, I actually, today I learned a slang word for the quarantine and COVID that the kids are using. They call it quarantine or quarantine. So if you hear that phrase, you might recognize it. But let's see. Um, you know, I think with with e-commerce, um, we're very, I think we're well-trained for what has happened in 2020 because we're, you know, we're taught not to get too comfortable in our seat. And we're taught that where there's disruption in a business, there's opportunity. You know, so we, and many situations were put in, you know, many companies were put, in the same situation, you know, for this. So just with that mentality, you don't get stuck on why isn't my life completely the same? You get more focused on, okay, this is a different, you know, place I'm in right now. How can I take advantage of that? How can I do things? So for, you know, I was, one thing I was really excited about. So I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to bitch and moan about 2020 and, regret the things that I couldn't do. I'm just trying to find a couple of wins out there. So fortunately, for me, I was I was fortunate to have in-laws that are in Colorado. You know, so I had access to, you know, to stay. So in a normal year, when I would visit my in-laws, it would be like six days tops. I'd spend two days traveling by the time I was even comfortable being in a place, I'd have to schlep back home and go back to New York. But this year, got to spend 10 weeks in Colorado, um, which would have never have happened in a normal year. You know, So I think for everybody and for your audience, I think there's great opportunities for online learning right now because there's, there's free classes. <laughs> there's whatever you want to learn. I mean, I think we're going to talk about conversation marketing, and I'll confess – a lot of this was something that I learned in a course. Um, you know, I, I do have 20 years of e-commerce experience, but I'm always learning new things and I, I see the need for it. But a lot of it, I've just, I've learned online through various places. Yeah, right. Exactly. So this is definitely the right time for all of us to experiment. And uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, every other businesses will understand the situation. And even if we make mistakes, I think uh, they are good to, you know, kind of like live with it. Right. 
So uh, before we get onto the topic, uh, I actually wanted to understand this one thing. What is conversational commerce? And since this is what you've been doing, uh, it's, it's always good to hear from, you know, the person who's doing that for a decade. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And there's a few names for it that I think your audience might recognize. Some people call it conversation commerce, conversation marketing, or even chat commerce has been used. Um, it goes into what marketing is and how it's changing. So I think many of us are used to people, people throw around a lot of buzzwords with marketing. Back in 2015, I remember everybody saying, marketing is about storytelling, telling, you know, telling your story and so that people can consume that information and understand it. And now, I think we've done a, a really good job in marketing of trying to humanize brands. So with social media, it did that, where now we see our brands as people. And I think that's one reason why Generation Z has such high expectations for brands, because they see them as people and they want them to be good corporate citizens. So we call our companies human names. Know, and there's like there's a company called Casper for bedding. There's a company called Andy that does swimwear. So it, so it's it's a natural extension of this for us to want to chat and get to know um, these people or these these companies to have a more intimate and deep relationship. So conversation marketing is it's enabling a two way conversation between the buyer and seller that can scale because it has a high degree of automation. I think it also resembles the flea market or the open market where we would buy things and sell things through conversations and through having a, um, a nice relationship with the person that was selling. Another an advantage of conversation commerce, I mean, I think we're, we're going to talk about, I think it's four channels that really get into conversation marketing right now. It's email, and everybody here knows, everyone knows email. It's been around for a long time. Live chat on websites, SMS, and Facebook Messenger. Like those are the ones it primarily gets involved with. I think the advantage of having this two way conversation between the buyer and seller is it shortens the sales cycle because there's this saying that you need 15 touch points to take a, per, uh, to take a potential customer from not knowing anything to purchasing from your company. So those touch points now could be a, a, a conversational chat where you know, the, the buyer, they can discuss what they're most concerned about, their objections, and the seller can give persuasive information to convert them. Mm -hmm. yep. So uh, how has you know, uh, SMS marketing evolved over the last 10 years and how consumers are actually looking at it, especially... I would say in the B2B space. Yeah, it's seen a, and, and you know, I, I just want to say one thing, I've, one thing about conversation marketing that's huge is that it covers what's called owned media. And the, the great thing about owned media is when a company owns the list, then you're not paying a middle person like an advertiser. So that's why I think the other cool thing about conversation marketing is the return on investment tends to be higher because you're not, paying a bounty for each site visit, which is what pay-per-click essentially is, is. I mean, there's totally a use for that. 
but you know, but that is a critical advantage. So going into SMS, I just look at the past year and see in the past two years, I've seen incredible growth in the adoption of SMS marketing. Cause I, I remember how it was in 2018. Um, and you know, and even last year and now there's more providers that are out there, but I'm hearing about SMS marketing providers that have thousands of clients on a particular e-commerce pl platform. So this past year has definitely been a, a transition year where more and more people, where it's not just the really early adopters, we're, we're in the early adopter phase. Most people aren't doing it. There's still a huge advantage to going in right now. You know, it's, it's actually a nice point right now with SMS marketing because there's enough companies that are doing it that your company would not be the first one to do it. Um, and there is also a playbook of tactics. So you're not flying blind. Like there's, you can look out there and there are plenty of SMS marketing playbooks and, and early best practices that are set up, you know? So I think, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I just, I just had a conversation with, um, a provider called Postscript that does some work in Shopify. And they're just saying, you know, the quote that I heard was in 12 months, SMS is going to be so popular that even my mom is going to know what I'm doing now. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that's the, that's the prognostication, but it, it's growing a lot, especially in the past 12 months. Mm -hmm. So how does it actually, you know, compare with uh, the traditional email marketing? I mean, are consumers ready to opt in using their mobile number instead of the email? Does that even work? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you, you asked that because um, SMS is just known for the big advantage is that you don't have an inbox. It's a more personal channel. And because you don't have that inbox, that means the open rates and the click-through rates are much higher. So people on SMS talk about 80% open rates and click-through rates of 30% and up. Um, just because you don't, a lot of emails don't even reach you or they're in, they're in a different tab on Gmail. So that is an advantage to it. Um, it it's also more personal. And I think that that's, you know, some people, it means you have to be more careful with your messaging. It means that if you're not, I think it keeps companies honest because if you get a message, an SMS message that you don't like, you react stronger to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you really hate it where I don't think you really care about all the mess. You don't get mad about all the messages that are in your spam folder, but you know, you get a message from someone you didn't sign up with and you don't know, you're like WTF, like get me off this list immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one, uh, I mean, I've been seeing this in, especially in the B2B space, uh, uh, they, I mean, they are ready and they are very good to handle the email uh, list and they are okay to do the email marketing stuff. It's been there for like 20 years, right? Totally. And uh, they've been trying to go to the social media, even they're okay to start with the messenger. It's still been there in the B2B space. It's very good. But one thing uh, I'm still not sure why uh, people in the B2B space are not ready to go for the SMS marketing. So why do you think that uh, companies in the B2C space, if you really look at that, so like you said, uh, for the abandoned cart, they are seeing like 90 percentage conversion if they go for the SMS instead of uh, email marketing. But uh, in B2B, I still see that uh, gap, you know. Uh, OK, so does it really work? Things like that. Yeah. 
What's well, you know it's okay. So I, I guess I would. I think it's important for businesses to become to have an early adopter mentality right now, because you you just look at that. Like I look at things like social media advertising, and I remember 2014, um, and the. It's a very comparable time to where conversation marketing is now. And then I remember 2014 when businesses had this test of, am I going to do this new scary marketing called Facebook advertising? Lookalike audiences. I've never seen this before. Should I do this or should I just wait? Um, And I think right now we're seeing so many changes in digital marketing that it's important for brands to... If you're the owner, I think I understand... I understand where people are hesitant, but it's good to have an early adopter vibe in your community because like these people in 2014 who were so hesitant to go onto Facebook advertising, they all came three to four years later and they did it for less of an ROI. So when you're in that early adopter wave, you get the higher ROI. Like there are companies like Movement Watches, and there's one called Pura Vita Bracelets, but there are a lot of companies in the, you know, in the early 2010s that just really embraced social media. They weren't afraid of it because they saw the potential to communicate with their customers. So you really have, you know, so with SMS, you know, it, you're not, you, you wouldn't be the first one to do it. So I think you're, it's a very good idea to, I think everyone, you know, like, you know, the person at Postscript said, I think everyone is going to be doing this in two years. And the earlier that you get onto it, the more you can learn the platform. Like, you know, I think with competition and this mainstream early adopter wave is what is, what is more fun than watching your competitors asleep at the wheel, not doing something that you're doing. Marketing is always about, if you're, if you're doing the same marketing as your competitor, then you're bidding for the same person. You know, but you want to get around that. You want to find new things that your competitors aren't doing. So I think if, if not as many people are on SMS, great. Like that's a channel that you can have that um, that gives you a strategic advantage. Mm-hmm. Good. So uh, let's get on to the core, you know. So how to build an SMS list, uh, you know, uh, where to begin or what is the trick to ask for your uh, first time visitor to provide his uh, mobile number? The good news about, so the bad news about SMS is that you start from zero. You know, I should say the good news is that there are more ways to grow your list on SMS than there ever have been. The number one way to get your SMS list pretty quickly is to ask people on your email list and give them incentive to sign up for SMS. This is something that you could do a dedicated email blast on and just say, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're, we, ju- we just went on to SMS. Want to sign up for this incentive? So that is a very, you know, and that, so you can send a dedicated blast. You can also put a banner at the top or bottom persistently where you offer that, you know, where you mention SMS and, and that you're growing your list. And a lot of email service providers have this feature where you can put a block of task of text or, or put a block inside of an email devoted to SMS signup. That can make it easy. That's one way to get it quick. 
your website, the same thing with pop-ups. There are companies now that are doing SMS and email signups through a pop-up. You know, so you can either do SMS only as an incentive or combine the two. The third thing is to, um, for a lot of companies, our, our, let's see, our, our community overall is very spread out among all the different marketing channels. So it's like a diaspora where there are people on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you have your email list, you have the people that visit the website. You can find ways to cross-pollinate those followings. You know, where you can, like on, on your Instagram, there are ways in SMS to do, like there's a tool called Keywords, where you can give someone, in, you know, tell someone on, on your Instagram channel, Hey, we're, we're, you know, if you, if you, you know, type in the, you know, type in these words to this number and we'll sign you up. And the advantage of that approach is, you know, what's interesting is with SMS now, you just see it everywhere. Like I was watching the video music awards on MTV recently, even watching the two political parties and they're all telling, you know, and they're spreading this text message because I remember back in the day when it used to be, oh, go to our website. But with SMS, you can get someone to a targeted location and have them sign up. Um, so it's, it's much better than just saying, go to my website and do this. But those are, those are the ways that you can grow the, grow the list. And a lot of it is just telling everyone the SMS offering and going around your channels and collecting. And some people might say, well, they're on email. Why do they need to be on SMS? The thing is that some people are email people, some people are SMS people, and they will naturally go to the channel that they want to talk to you on. And that's the advantage of having people on both. Yeah, right, exactly. So just don't go for channels that works for your company. Instead, go for the channels that works for the consumer, the customer. Sometimes, you know, they are in like five or six different channels. But uh, if you're on Facebook, sometimes, you know, that actually works. If you're on Facebook and then if you're targeting over there, it could convert instead of focusing on email or SMS or things like that. So if there is a positive, I'm sure there is a negative as well. Uh, we talked about the conversion, uh, first-time visitor conversion. So let's say what kind of uh, content uh, do they really like? I mean, what kind of content pushes them for, you know, like more unsubscriptions? Okay. So for, for SMS? Yeah. All right, so SMS is a sensitive channel. You can you can get away with murder on email. <laughs> okay, you, let's 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 you know let's acknowledge that companies send a lot of stuff that's interesting to them, but not really interesting to the person. And you can get away with that on email. Like with email, you can send fifteen times a month, but with SMS, you send less times because you don't want to tick off the person. And you want to send, it has to be content that is going to be useful. So, you know, the way to create unsubscription is to email, to SMS people a lot and to send a message that's not that interesting to them. You know, that they, you know, that they, you know, if someone hasn't visited your website in six months and you send them an SMS about new arrivals, 
they might not be as interested because they haven't visited your website in six months. So it's, you know, they're, if they're not, I, I think it, it has to, because it's such a personal channel, like you're, you know, you have a shortcut to that customer, but the trade-off is you got to send them good stuff. Exactly. So uh, does that mean that we can be a little upfront about, you know, selling through the SMS compared to what we've been doing in the email marketing space? Let's say, hey, there is a new product that's going to come in next week. Uh, do you want to, you know, take a look at it, things like that? Can we do that on SMS? Like a yes. typical straightforward selling? Yes. Product launches can work very well. I think with, with SMS, people also segment the list because... You know, that sort of message is about a product launch. The first people that should get it are the people that have bought repeat times. You know, are, you know, the, that top 20% of your list because they're going to buy. You know, and I think, you know, with, with people that are not as engaged, you experiment more with the, um, the tech, you know, with the, with the message to see what's going to get them through. Yeah, good. So um, I think... Uh we talked about SMS a little bit. Uh, uh, I think it's good. Mm -hmm. So let's get on to the internet world. You know, most of the younger generations are in social media and are using Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and other part of the country. So how do we, you know, treat the messenger while SMS right. and the email marketing are, are already there, right? So how do we treat the messenger now? Right. Um, the, so for, for those three channels... With most people, they're not going to be on all three of them. You know, Facebook. You know, it, it, Facebook Messenger is just another way to reach more people that you haven't reached through email or you haven't reached through SMS. You know, and that's that's how it should be treated. Um, you know, and you're just playing into the. They're not. It's not going to be the. It's about layering messages. It's not going to be the same message. Like, it, it's not going to be the same exact marketing creative that's put in email, that's put in SMS, that's put on Facebook. I think the same message can happen. It just needs to be tweaked to the advantages of those channels. But the, you know, the answer is just to, you know, to layer, um, to layer things. Like, you wouldn't send to all three channels at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So how does the opt-in process work in the Messenger? Uh, like you said, I think, you know, let's say when someone visit the website, not yeah. everyone is going to visit the Messenger, right? So either they yeah. go for email opt-in or like you said, I think they'll still go for the SMS opt-in. So what is the point where, you know, they visit a Facebook Messenger or how do we actually make them, you know, okay, so just go ahead and follow us on Facebook or opt-in for the Messenger and things like that? Yeah, the, so the, the advantage of Messenger is, again, there's no inbox, so there's less friction than email. And like SMS, there are, it's not just one way to grow the list. There are, you know, there are additional ways. Um, you know, but people can improve their messenger list by creating interaction. Um, and a lot of times, messenger content, I mean, it's of all the platforms that we're, we're talking about, it's the most interactive one. You know, so you can, I think with Messenger, when we talk about automated conversations and chatbots, it sounds like we're all going to become robots, but it's actually very much the opposite. 
because you can make messenger content very entertaining. One of the, and you just ask people, I think the key to the messenger content is you get signups by getting interactivity. If you send a message and people don't respond, then you're limited in the messages that you can actually send to them. You know, and there's, you know, so the key is that with all your messaging there, you're trying, like, you know, that's why people will mention sales um, or mention giving people, you know, do you want to become a member so that we can give you this discount? And then people will respond to it and they, you know, get enlisted, you know, into the, you know, into Messenger on it. But there are also, the rules are changing a lot as well. So, and they, they pretty much change every six months. Um, so you have to really, you have to keep track of it on it. And that's why with Messenger, like I, I do feel sometimes that email for many companies has been an in-house channel. It's a do-it-yourself channel. And more and more that is changing. But I think something like Messenger is really, it's good to find outside hands because it's just like SEO that with all the things that people are doing inside their company, I doubt that they're really keeping up on what Facebook announced at its developer conference or the changes that inevitably happen, you know, but, you know, so there's, so, I mean, that's, I, I think the opt-in process is there's a lot of, it's not so much as an opt-in screen as it is with email, but it's really based on once you get someone to engage with a messenger bot, then you, you're able to send in a certain capacity messages to them. And there's also, you can do paid, um, paid marketing on the messenger channel as well. Mm -hmm. So I've seen companies using, you know, uh, messenger instead of uh, chatbot. Um, so yeah. you also touched upon that. So, uh, how does, you know, how does it actually work from the consumer perspective? Do they really like, you know, having a messenger or do they really like having a chatbot where you have this uh, sort of like pre-built, um, conversations through the chatbot and you don't really need a human being behind that right and sometimes you know let's say if they are in a product page or if they are in they were somewhere else uh, they got stuck uh, so this can pretty much you know help them to navigate to a different page which may not work through the messenger so how do you compare messenger and chatbot what actually helps an e-commerce store to push for a sale or to build that conversation right um yeah great question People, in January of this year, I was very surprised when I was doing some research. What opened my eyes about chatbots is hearing a poll about how most people did not mind the chatbots. You know, they, they didn't mind talking to them. And the, the reason is because they were sick of waiting. They didn't want to talk to a real human being if that meant they had to wait 70 minutes on the line to talk to them. So if a chatbot could do it in five minutes, you know, so, it, so it's that, you know, it's that convenience that governs the reception that people have. Like on, I mean, for chatbots now on, I know that there's recently been a feature on some chat platforms where you don't have to be, there's a guest mode on the chatbot. So you don't have to be signed up into Facebook Messenger. There's another way through to do it. But to go into, actually, I should get back to the automations part, that a chatbot is only going to answer a certain percentage. You're frequently asked questions. There are going to be things that the chatbot cannot answer. 
And that is good too, because then the chatbot can hand off to a human. And all, most platforms have this functionality where if there is a detailed product question or merchant question that the chatbot can't answer, then, you know, then it goes to the customer success team. And now they're getting targeted questions. They're not just answering the same dumb FAQs a hundred times that a canned response could handle. So it, it's definitely not a, you know, it's not a hundred percent or nothing. I think the, the chatbots are trying to handle, you know, some of the, the top funnel type of questions. Good. Yeah. I think as long as, uh, you know, we're straightforward and we're being honest, I think that helps sometimes. So, uh, like you said, I think a consumer doesn't, uh, mind, you know, chatting with the chatbot or uh, at least if they have some sort of like answer instead of waiting for 10 minutes to talk to a, cu a customer representative, yeah. right? So that's the hardest part. I can't wait for 10 minutes and then uh, order a product or things like that. Just for clarifications, I don't want to wait. Then think about how the after sales support is going to work, right? So that's definitely going to be a little harder. So coming back to the email marketing, mm -hmm. um, for someone who is just, uh, you know, trying to get started after hearing this episode, let's say uh, if they already have a list, right? So how to clean up the email list and uh, find, you know, who the real audience interested in your content? So with cleaning up the email list, we have to change the way that we look at email in many cases because it is not about, I think in a lot of companies we think, I have a 20,000 person email list. If I send to 10,000 people, then I'm, I'm only sending to half my people. I'm going to get half the sales. But you always have to remember the 80-20 rule of business, that 80% of your business is coming from 20% of your customers. It could be even more. So with that, that's where segmentation becomes very important. Now, with email, you know, like the total number of email subscribers you have is a vanity metric because I just from my experiences with my clients, they're just a lot of people that haven't opened an email in one year or six months. So, you know, the, the way you clean up that list is take out the deadbeats. They're deadbeats because these are people that are, are hurting your email deliverability. You know, there's, there, once in a while, you can, if you have a huge announcement, you can send it, you know, but, but, you know, you got to think about the logic. I mean, think about the math of it, where let's just say you have a customer that you've sent 30 emails and they haven't opened, clicked, or bought from any of them. If you send the 31st email, what are the chances that are the, uh, that that's going to do anything? You're 0 for 30. So, you, you can be smart with that. But I, you know, the, so to clean up your list too, create engagement lists, like creating a VIP list. Those people will, will respond. Creating people that have opened or clicked on emails in the last three months, in the last six months. Like that's how you clean it up. You know, there's, there's other tactics that people use to clean up lists like sunsetting names. So let's just say someone hasn't opened your email up in like, I don't know, 18 months, you know, you can send them an email that says, you know, we're cleaning up our list. Would you like to still receive this? Because it does, if you keep them on the list, 
and let's just say they reported as spam or they don't open, the open rates are are sent to the ISPs. You know, so Gmail is looking at the open rate of your sender and saying, you know, should I should I open this up to everybody who received it? Because you know, and if you only have a, you know, I think the things to watch out for is you should really have an open rate over twenty percent. If you don't have an open rate of over twenty percent, then it, it could be hurting. It could mean that some people aren't getting those messages. And I, I tell you something: when I look at my spam folder, it's not just crazy companies or fly-by-night companies. I see big companies sometimes that show up in the spam folder. So you got to watch out for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Perfect, Stephen. So uh, before we wrap up the episode, uh, one last final question. So how to create a strategy for all these channels uh, that actually work together? I mean, talking about uh, the whole conversational commerce, SMS, email, and messenger and chatbot. So without making, you know, consumers feel like it's overkill. Right. Um, I think that, you know, with marketing, everything works together. So it's, You know, I think with conversation marketing, you know, if digital marketing were a volleyball team, you know, email, email, conversation marketing, SMS would be like, they would be setting things up. They're not spiking the ball. They're setting things up because they're opening lines of communication. You know, really, it's the content outside of the conversation marketing that's going to convert people. Because all you're doing with email, SMS, Messenger is you're you're announce you know you're you're uh, reminding people you're there and you're striking a likable conversation with them, you know. But I, I think with um I mean right now with we're familiar with email automations I think like you know where you set up certain flows where someone signs up to a list they get sent a series of welcome emails or things like abandoned cart. The key here is just to layer your communications, you know, that, you know, you because you, you want to find out where, you know, what that person's favorite channel is, you know, so the way that we don't bombard people is you monitor what, I mean, you, you monitor what content they're looking for. I think that the friction always happens when we try to send things that people aren't interested in, you know, but then it's also sending at different times and with, you know, because we know the flow of email marketing, it's a similar flow that happens with Facebook Messenger or SMS. We're layering campaigns and we're customizing them to the channel. Mm-hmm. Perfect, Stephen. So where do you want the listeners to go? Give them some links and uh, tell us a little bit about your company so they can just go ahead and check them out. I appreciate that. So um, let's see. So the I think the first place to go would be... Um, you know, the name of my company is needlemovement.com. Needle movement as in move the needle. And needle movement provides done for you services in email marketing, SMS, and Facebook Messenger. And, and really that where what this came out of, I mean, actually, we were originally in digital strategy. And then we just found that owned media and conversation marketing was converting so well that we really wanted to focus our efforts in that location. You know, so you can go to needlemovement.com and, you know, for, for all your listeners, I'm happy to do, um, to have a conversation, to do, 
you know, a free, you know, a, a free growth audit to identify where the opportunities could be for you. A way to reach me personally, um, you can find me on social media. Um, you can also find me over email. Send a message to hello at needlemovement.com. I look at every me every email and I will answer them for you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Stephen. And uh, thanks for uh, doing this. Hope you'll have a great uh, upcoming Q4. I wish you a wonderful Q4 as well, Shiva. <laughs> uh, it's great to be on the show. I had a blast. Cool. Take care and you have a good day. Bye. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of Driven E-Commerce at Work podcast. This show is brought to you by DCCal, the company well known for its e-commerce product suits for B2B distributors. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Catch you guys very soon with another interesting episode. Until next time, see you. <music>